If you would please open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 1. Now there's a couple of verses that I'd like to read to you. One I had thought about as to why it is I want to preach to you. And uh, the other one I just uh, heard our brother pray. And this is my ardent prayer and hope for this morning's message. In Isaiah chapter 55, keep your place in Galatians 1. In verse 3 it says, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. That's what I pray for all of God's children gathered here this morning. That the Lord would enable you to hear his voice in the preaching of the gospel. I want to preach this message as plainly and as simply as I can. The other passage just occurred to me when we were listening to our brother pray. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and again, this is this is my prayer. Uh, it says in verse 21, and this is the Apostle Paul writing here, and he says, If so that if so be, if so be, that ye have heard him. Now, who is he talking about? He's not talking about a pastor behind a pulpit. Paul is saying, if you've heard the Father, if you've heard him, and it continues, and have been taught by him, by our Heavenly Father, as the truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray the Lord would be pleased to teach all of his children this morning and not only reveal Christ to us in the head, but ever so blessedly in us, in us. Now, my portion this morning is found in first, uh, rather Galatians chapter one. And beginning in verse 15, the Apostle Paul writes, When it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him. Uh, some of you know I was born in Canada. Uh, not everyone knows that, but, but now I'm telling you. <laughs> I was born in Canada. And... Uh, in Canada, we don't have the television show uh, 60 Minutes. Uh, we don't have 2020. We have another television show that's, uh, well, I don't know if it's as good, but it's the same idea. And it's called W5. And I'm going to use uh, five W's to look at the gospel in this passage. And I'll give them to you very simply. First one, the first W is when, the, the when of salvation. The second W is the who of salvation, the where of salvation, the what of salvation, and the why of salvation. Just five W's. Five W's. In verse 15, we read these words. When it pleased God. This is the when of salvation. Salvation is when it pleases God. <laughs> and if you want to make notes, we can do that. It might be easier to just write down these references than turn to them. I just want you to listen to me. And God give all of us grace to hear his word. Uh, 
not the man behind the pulpit, but to hear his voice. In God's word, it tells us that it pleases him through the what the world calls foolishness. That's preaching. That's declaring the truth about God and the truth about us. It pleases him to save his people. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. And then it says in the Psalm, Psalm 110, verse 3, it says he makes us willing. And whose day? My day? Tomorrow? No, in the day of his power. He, he enables us to believe. He quickens us that we might hear his voice. I'm so thankful that salvation is when he is pleased to make it happen. You know, I heard uh, many times my pastors say that Satan's calendar is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, beloved, today is the day of salvation. And I'll show you a little bit more about that in a moment. So that's the first thing we see here. That it, when it pleased God, that's when salvation is. This, and it's the, mean, the means that he's pleased to use is the preaching of the gospel. The truth about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Who is he? He's God manifest in the flesh. What was he sent into the world to do? He was sent into the world to save bad men and women. Bad girls and boys. You know, I know you think your mom's a good mom, and I'm sure she is. <laughs> I'm sure your grandmother is, is a good grandmother. <laughs> but before God, we're all bad. We're all bad. And we'll look a little bit at that in a moment. So that's the first W. When is salvation? It says right here, when it pleases God. And then here, the second part is the who of salvation. It says, who separated me from my mother's womb. Now, many of you know that babies grow in mummy's tummies, right? You know that. Um, I was talking to a little girl just the other day, and I said, uh, you know uh, uh, who made you? And she said, my, it was my mummy, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God's well-pleasing son, the God, the, God's word tells us he's, he's made all things. <laughs> he's made your mom. He's made your dad. He's made your grandparents. He's made you and me. And if you turn with me to Jeremiah, uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. I'll, I'll read this to you. This is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says there, Before I formed thee in the belly... <laughs> Uh, the prophet is using the language of children here, is, is he not? <laughs> Mom's belly. I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And that's what the Apostle Paul is telling us in Galatians here, how that he knows who made him, and the person who made him is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, somebody here might think, that doesn't sound right. But I want you to know that our Heavenly Father would have His Son to have the preeminence. He must have the preeminence. God's beloved, well-pleasing Son. This is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. He has the preeminence. And He tells us in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 3, all things, think about it, all things, everything your, your little eyes can see, He made. It says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 3, and this is perhaps, well, there's, there's no, no end to our favorite verses, right? <laughs> but it says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 3, All things, 
were made by him. The Lord Jesus Christ made you. He made me. He made all of us. And without him was not anything made that was made. That is to say, he is the maker. He is the maker. He's the maker of all physical life. And I pray this morning, today will be the the day of salvation, that he will be pleased to not only does he make us physically, (laughs) but he makes us spiritually by the new birth. What does it say in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10? By grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're, we're his workmanship, beloved. We're his workmanship. So that's the first thing. When it pleased God, salvation is when God pleases. Uh, some of you may have heard someone say to you, uh, you need to open your heart. You can't open your heart. I can't open my heart. Do you know who must open your heart? <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. And we read about that that uh, that woman, Lydia, that, that entrepreneur, remember? And it says there that that prevenient grace, the Lord opened her heart that she might give attendance to the preaching of the gospel. May God be pleased to let every young person, every child of God, I'm speaking to all the children (laughs) that are here, all his children, I'm speaking to all his children that are here, that he would let you hear him, hear his voice, and he would open your heart. I can't open your heart, and you can't open your own heart. He opens the people, the, his, his children's hearts, and he does it powerfully, mightily. So when is salvation? When it pleases God. Who is it that separated us from our mother's belly? Your mom didn't make you. Your dad didn't make you. The Lord Jesus Christ made you. So we looked at the when of salvation. We looked at the, the who of salvation. And now I'd like to talk about the where of salvation. <laughs> you know where salvation is? It comes right to you, beloved. <laughs> he came to seek and save that which is lost. If you're one, one of his lost sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ will come right to where you are right now. <laughs> right there <laughs> and you might think well that sounds a little uh, that's a mighty big claim Joseph you want to show me how that's so uh, turn with me to Luke's gospel Luke's gospel chapter 19 and look there with me in verse 9 and remember, this when of salvation is according to God. And listen to the, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master. Verse 9 of Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. And Jesus said unto him, This day <laughs> is salvation come to this house. For as much as, also is, as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. We looked at the when of salvation and he uses his means of preaching Christ to him crucified, the gospel. We looked at the the who of salvation. Salvation, and we'll look at this again 
in a moment. Salvation is found in a person, the one who made you, the Lord Jesus Christ. He made, when you walk out this building and you look up at the sky and you look at the trees and you look up at your mom and your grandmother and your grandfather, your uncle <laughs> and your aunt, the Lord Jesus Christ made everything you can see. <laughs> The Lord God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, would have His Son to have the preeminence. It's just so. In Hebrews 1.3, we read that the universe is made by Him. Everything that you see, the stars, the sun, the moon. And uh, it's remarkable, isn't it? In uh, Psalm 8, verse 3, it says He made everything, creation, with His fingers. But in order to take a, a damned, dirty, sinner dog like you and me, it took His strong arm, His Son, to save us. How wonderful is that? So now we're looking at the where of salvation. Uh, not only do we see that he says here, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Look, look, listen to what the Son of God says in John chapter 4, verse 4. If you're one of his beloved sheep, you, you might be lost right now, but I'm telling you, he must save you. He must come to you. And he's going to come to you in power and the preaching of the gospel. He'll open your heart <laughs> and he'll come into you without your permission. <laughs> but in love and, and power and mercy and grace, he'll conquer you <laughs> with his invincible love. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the author and finisher of faith, our saving faith. And in John's gospel, chapter four, don't you love this, beloved? We're looking at the 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 where of salvation. It says here in verse four, he must <laughs> needs go through Samaria. And wherever you're sitting right now <laughs> in this auditorium, he must needs come to exactly where you are and open your heart and save you. John's Gospel chapter ten, the same must. He must. And he, he condescends to tell us why that's so. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, he tells us in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Behind this pulpit, I'm just an under-shepherd. There's only one good shepherd, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is wonderful. <laughs> the counsel, the, the, the mighty God, the eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. You know, sometimes... When I speak to God's children, I ask them, um, who made the stars or who made the trees or who made me or who made you? And uh, sometimes I hear the answer, God. But the answer truly is, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, not just any God or a God, the mighty God, the eternal father. You know, Philip said to our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. That'll make us well, this just show us the father. And the Lord Jesus Christ looked at Philip and said, I've been with you for so long, Philip, and you still don't know. He who has seen me 
has seen the Father. See, the Father and the Son are one, and I can't explain that. The Father is God, the Son of God, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is God, and the Spirit that I pray He's sending mightily right now, He is God. And in verse 14, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. <laughs> he's going to come exactly to where you are, and he's going to save you to the uttermost. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment, the Father said, before any of us were born, before the foundation of the world, go into the world and save my children. All of them. Save my bad children. Save Sinners come into the world to save sinners. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> he comes exactly where you are. So we looked at the when of salvation. We've looked at the who of salvation and the where of salvation. We're going to talk about now the what of salvation. Now, before we do that, I must say this. Salvation is not found in a what but ever so blessedly in a whom. The Apostle Paul writes in Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 1, Second Timothy chapter 1, there in verse 12, thinking about uh, a friend of mine, a dear brother, Elio, would be turning to Scripture, and he said, i got to get myself another Bible. It's not being obedient. <laughs> but 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. I'm convinced. I'm certain of this. There's no doubt about it. That he is able to save me. <laughs> that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. In a word, the Apostle Paul is saying, by God's grace, I'm not found outside the ark. I'm found inside the ark of God's saving grace. Now, I did say there was going to be a, a what asked here. The what of salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save murderers. <laughs> That's what you and me are like on the inside where we have a, a, a murder in our heart. By nature, we have murder in our heart. We come out of our mummy's tummy speaking lies. Our mom and dad didn't teach us to lie. Our grandparents didn't teach us to lie. That's how we are. And somebody might think, well, Joseph, that's a little harsh. You're, you're, you're talking to, uh, you're talking to, to God's children this morning. 
and you're saying to them that they have murder in their heart, most certainly that is so. This is the what we need to be saved from. <laughs> we need to be saved from our sins. The glorious message from the very throne of God came down to earth. The angel of the Lord came to a man named Joseph. Many of you remember the story of Mary and Joseph. And this angel said to Joseph, uh, don't be afraid to take Mary for your wife, for what's conceived in her is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you shall call his name Jesus, Savior, for he shall save his children, his people from their sins. So what did we need to be saved from? It isn't pretty. It is not pretty. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And I'll begin reading in verse 10. This is every single person in this room. This is me. This is your grandmother. This is your mom and dad. This is you. This is every man, woman, and child in this auditorium. Everybody in the world by nature. I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. No one is good. Before God and His holiness, no one is good. I know your, your mom's a good mom amongst other moms. <laughs> and your dad's a good dad amongst other dads. I, I, I trust your dad wants to be a good dad and you want to be a good grandfather and Troy wants to be a good dad. We all want to be good men. But hear me. Before the thrice holy God, you and I are evil. That's it. Evil. And we must be saved, not almost, we must be saved to the uttermost. We must be found in the ark of God's grace and mercy. As, is, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Their, their throat is an open grave. Death. Death is there. With their tongues they have used deceit. I only took one cookie. You took five. Their poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift. Verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatso, what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall there no flesh be justified in his sight. No one's going to be saved by their works. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, the perfection of God's well-pleasing Son without the law is manifested. The life He lived on the earth to establish the perfect righteousness of a perfect man so that that could be our righteousness, our record. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ 
unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned. Every single person in this room, in this auditorium, have sinned and come short of the glorious perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, a sin-atoning sacrifice through, the faith, through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, now listen to this, I say at this time, His righteousness, to declare His perfection, to declare His power, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. <laughs> We're going to come back to that in a moment. But how wonderful it is to know that the Lord Jesus Christ was sent into the world to save sinners. Left to ourselves, if God does not do something, not, not only has He done something for us on the cross, beloved, but He comes to right where you are and he does something in you. If he doesn't do something in us, if he does not open our hearts, if he does not give us ears to hear his voice, you know, and, and eyes to see him by faith, if he passes us by in the covenant of grace, you're going to be left on a fool's errand. A fool's errand. Now, a fool's errand is when somebody is asked to do something impossible. They don't know it's possible because they're a fool. But that's what a fool's errand is. And I'm going to show you what a fool's errand is in a moment. Our Lord teaches us what such a thing is. Uh, for you men who have uh, repented of those 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 dead works, that filthy righteousness that you once looked at, and you have faith in the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have children. Uh, some of you men have uh, grandchildren. Uh, you have uh, nieces and nephews. You ever have uh, your dad put a coin in his hand? <laughs> and has that ever happened to you? Your dad put a, a hand in his coin and they, you try and get out of your dad's strong hand and you can't get it out? <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. In the gospel, God teaches us that uh, he, uh, he lets us at a throne of grace. <laughs> he makes us willing in the day of his power to be saved exactly the way he's pleased to save his people. Through Christ alone, through faith alone, through the word of God alone. That he get all the glory and all the honor. Uh, try that sometime, man. <laughs> Teach them how that salvation is impossible. That your heavenly Father opened His hand <laughs> and and not only revealed Christ to you, <laughs> but ever so blessedly in you. <laughs> he shed abroad in your heart a love for Him, a love for His people. This this is something that's not revealed to the wise and the prudent. It's revealed to babes. <laughs> to children, <laughs> to the simple. So what is a fool's errand? Now, I want you uh, young people especially to listen to me because I think that this 
Well, I don't think. I know. Blessed of God, if he sends his spirit, you'll understand what salvation is all about and, and how you have to look to Christ for all your salvation. Look and live, right? Just look and live. In Luke's gospel, you'll turn there with me. We've looked at the, the when of salvation, the, the who of salvation, the where of salvation, and we're still talking about the what of salvation. In Luke's gospel, chapter 14, just a small portion, a small detail that I pray the Lord will bless with his spirit and save us. He has saved us, beloved. He is saving us. And one glorious day, <laughs> we shall be saved. It says here in Luke's gospel, he's going to talk to us about a king. There's two kings in this mentioned here. One king has 10,000 soldiers. And the other king has 20,000 soldiers. And our Lord says in verse 31, What king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Do you know what happens to a king who goes out to meet, who has 10,000 soldiers, to go out and meet another king who has 20,000 soldiers? Do you know what happens to him? He sent his men on a fool's errand. And not only that king, but every one of them is going to be wiped out. The word of God says, come, let us reason together. This is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. If you or me stand before God in our creature righteousness, if we stand before God in a filthy rag, that's what the scriptures call it, God will justly condemn us to die eternally. You see, our sin is going to be dealt with in one of two places. Our sin is either going to be dealt with in our body, where the Lord told us three times in Mark, where the worm, the maggot dieth not, and the fire is never quenched. Three times he tells us that in Mark. And so your sins are going to be dealt with in your body for all eternity, or by God's grace, he'll teach you, he'll show you that all your Sin, all your badness, all your evil. He was made that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. It's so wonderful to hear what the apostle writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Our heavenly father made his well-pleasing sinless son to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Isaiah, in verse 18, Listen to this, this very gracious, merciful, loving command to children, his children. Come now, people of God, children of God, and let us reason together. Let us reason together. Accept your righteousness. Exceed that of the Pharisees and the scribes. You shall in no wise go into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus Christ teaches us, unless you be converted as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. We depend on the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. We're nothing and he's everything. We have nothing and he has everything. We can't do anything and he does everything for us. 
Come now, Isaiah 1, verse 18, and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. White as snow. <laughs> A black sheep like you and me. <laughs> white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What do we need to be saved from? We need to be saved from our sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ was sent into the world to save sinners. No other adjective. No other adjective. What good news. <laughs> the, the very message from the throne of God. Call his name Jesus, Savior, for he shall save his people from their sins. So we've just touched on just a few of those W's. The, the when of salvation is exactly when God would have it to happen. Tomorrow is Satan's calendar. Today is the day. It's that eternal day. When he makes you willing in the day of his power, that eternal day never ends. <laughs> forever. Forever. Life everlasting. The, the when, the who of salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the one who made us and he's the one who accomplishes our salvation. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Speak to my children's hearts. And speak comfortably to them. Tell them that their warfare is accomplished. <laughs> that they receive double of the Lord's hands for all their sins and iniquities. How good news is that? That's just wonderful. And the, the where of salvation, it comes right to where you are. Exactly where you are, Clarissa. It comes right to you. Right wherever you are. The Lord Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which is lost. <laughs> And he shall not lose one of his precious sheep. Not a one. And the what of salvation? Well, I need to be saved from me. I'm, I'm sin from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Just sin. That's all I am, Gary. <laughs> and the Lord Jesus Christ is glorious perf perfection. <laughs> now the last thing, the, the last W is why. <laughs> Why? We read the answer in this portion. Now, we already talked about revealing his son in me. That's the, 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 the whom of salvation. That the Lord in mercy and grace not merely reveals the gospel of his son, indeed his son, the Lord Jesus Christ to us, but his son is formed in us through the, the, the power of the gospel. And then here, the apostle Paul writes these words, that I might preach him. Why? That I might glorify him. <laughs> you see, this is why we come together, the glory of God, the glory of God. Moses asked Jehovah God, show me your glory. And he said, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. It's all about his glory, beloved. He's going to get all the glory and all the honor to himself through the, 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 he's, what does it say in, in first John? He's faithful and just. He found a way to be both just and justifier of them that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the why. The Lord Jesus Christ said these words, and uh, you can find them in uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. 
we have some fishermen here. <laughs> and we have some fishermen ladies here, if I could put it that way. <laughs> how, did that, how does that come about? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ says to us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 19, And He saith unto them, Follow Me. <laughs> Follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. It is our undeserved privilege <laughs> to brag about the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere we go. <laughs> to tell them uh, about who He is, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He is God manifest in the flesh. He is the Word made flesh. Uh, Isaiah says it much better. Uh, a child will be born, a son will be given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and you shall call his name Wonderful. Children of God, the Lord Jesus Christ is wonderful. And he's counselor. If you want counsel, you cry out to him. <laughs> I need wisdom. I don't have any. <laughs> Not only do we call him counselor and wonderful, wonderful counselor, but the mighty God, truly, no other qualification. He is the mighty God, the, the eternal father, the prince of peace. And if God would be pleased to shed abroad in your heart the light of the gospel, the, the, the light of the glorious gospel. Let me show you a, a portion here in Second Corinthians Chapter 4, to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, that the Lord be pleased to revive us this morning. And for those who are sheep, if you're a sheep, uh, I know if I ask the question, I won't do it, okay? <laughs> but if I ask anybody here in this room who wants to be a sheep, raise your hand. Don't do it. Don't raise a hand. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I got a room full of auditorium of people saying that's my only hope <laughs> that I'm his sheep. You know why? Because he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them. I give them. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 5, we preach not ourselves, not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, <laughs> hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Children of God, whatsoever the Lord Jesus Christ does, prosperous. He shall not fail. He shall save his people from their sins. And then in Romans chapter 5, and I'll conclude with this. So the, the why of salvation, his glory and the mercy and grace he bestows upon undeserving sinners like you and me. He saves us for his own reason, for his own glory, for his own majesty. And in Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, there in verse 5, we read this. And uh, I'll begin in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, <laughs> by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the man who pleased God, 
on our behalf. The man who the Father says from the cloud, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace because he paid the penalty for all our wrongdoings, all our badness, all our evil. He paid it completely with his blood. We're washed truly and completely with his precious blood. And through his righteousness, he's reconciled us to God. We're saved, not almost beloved, we're saved to the uttermost, to the uttermost. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. You want to hear that put another way? (laughs) When it pleased God (laughs) who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him, that I might bring glory and honor to Him. To Him be all the honor and all the glory, beloved. God, deliver us from going on a fool's errand Don't go on a fool's errand. Don't be like those people on that day that cry out, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? May God be pleased to have every one of us in this auditorium be those who sing in glory that new song, the song of the redeemed, singing, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain, and by Thy blood You have redeemed us back to God out of every tribe, people, nation, and tongue on the earth. What what good news to, to know that everything to do with my salvation, <laughs> everything, uh, I attribute only to the Lord Jesus Christ, Him alone. The Father set us apart before the foundation of the world. Can you, can you even comprehend that, beloved? <laughs> and in time, He calls us with a holy calling and teaches us undeservedly by His grace that we're saved on purpose. (laughs) On purpose. Brother Troy, if you would conclude our time together in a word of prayer, I'm just going to read one more scripture and then uh, we'll pray. In 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, this is the same chapter where we hear the Apostle Paul saying, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he's able to save me to the uttermost. <laughs> in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, it says there, or chapter 1, excuse me, God who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was Given, given, (laughs) given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Amen.